swing, swing, swing here. Oh, hammer that. Give me some of this over the triple <laughs> block. Yes. That guy's going to swing no matter where he is. Ace, it's over. Welcome to Over the Top, your all-access view inside BYU Men's Volleyball. Great to have you with us. I'm Jerem Jordan alongside a man who, like Carl McGowan, always loved a good win against UCLA, Steve Ale. You know, I don't hate UCLA like I used to, but still, the sweep was pretty pretty sweet. Now, when Carl McGowan, the longtime BYU Men's Volleyball coach and the, the legend, the Hall of Famer uh, that he was, uh, passed away, his son Chris spoke at his funeral and said, my dad taught me it was okay to hate UCLA. <laughs> <laughs> and BYU sweeps UCLA last night in dominating fashion. Here's the show lineup. We'll break that down. How are the seeds shaping up in the MPSF tournament? We know BYU's the one seed. Steve's wow moments of the week in the 80s and 90s movie or TV show of the week. And we'll chat with setter Cyrus Fa'alogo. Interesting uh, personal story with him and Coach Sean Olmstead. Okay, let's get right to it. Since we last uh, joined you, no, uh, General Conference weekend, didn't have a show last week, so two wins against USC, BYU loses just a set in that. We had Balloon Gate, someone popped a balloon, they had to replay a point, it uh, swung the set, USC won a set, but that's that, neither here nor there. Last night, BYU at UCLA, number six, BYU number two, 23-point sweep, Steve. BYU hits 455, UCLA hit 160, amazing. Super, super awesome. BYU just were, they were in Fuego all night last night. Super fun to watch them just go off like that. Okay, Gabby Garcia-Fernandez and Davide Gardini, ever heard of them? Combined for 20 kills, no errors. Sorry, again, no errors. What? <laughs> Hit 625, combined those two on 32 swings, had four aces, three from Gabby. Oh, my goodness. That is an incredible performance from those two in a big-time game. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, we kind of expect that from those two, but when the spotlight's on and it really matters for them to show up like that and play at their highest level, super awesome. Yeah, Kevin Cobrin for UCLA led the way with 12 kills, hit 304, but other than that, next close guy had five. UCLA never gets to 20 in a set. I mean, this was just pure domination, 25, 19, 16, and 17. BYU from match one, Steve, to this match last night, what what a turnaround! And obviously, uh, we've we've talked about it ad nauseum with the uh, you know Will Stanley didn't play in the first match and BYU lost, but BYU I think is playing some of its best volleyball at the right time because after tonight, BYU and UCLA again five Pacific you can stream it on the Pac-12 network, um, you know online is very different from that first match. Yeah, and really other than Grand Canyon. Uh... BYU hasn't really been tested from anybody uh, that they've played so far this year, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'll tell you, last year it was kind of the same BYU just ran over everybody, and then when they got to that match against Hawaii, they were fired up and played some of the best volleyball they've ever played, uh, sweeping Hawaii, the number one seed. And now, so this year we're at the same situation where Hawaii's still the number one. They're undefeated. They're just playing amazing volleyball. I'm so curious to see what's going to happen when those two face off. I, they, I'm sure they will face off hopefully. here at some point. Hopefully. Right. Yeah. Hopefully it's May 8th in Columbus, Ohio for the right. Natty. Um, so BYU has won 12 in a row, Steve, ever since that Grand Canyon loss. BYU 17 and 2, two losses to UCLA in the opening match where BYU started uh, freshman setter Zio Meyer. He was trying to do his best. It didn't quite work right. BYU as a team just jumps out and loses the first match. Uh, then, as you mentioned, Grand Canyon, the only team to challenge BYU, uh, took BYU to five in one match in Provo, and then in Phoenix swept the Cougars, including a third set 25-10. So <laughs> Grand Canyon is such an enigma. Uh, we'll get to them in just a second. But 
12-match win streak in which BYU has lost two sets. BYU is on fire right now. And, and I think the timing is awesome because after tonight, BYU has a, an off week. Then the MPSF tournament where BYU has locked up the regular season championship. Congratulations to the Cougs. This is a thing they do often, and it's awesome. And uh, April 22nd through the 24th, we will have the MPSF tournament here in Provo. And it'll be on Flow Sports. Uh, but we will be calling the matches. So we're very excited about that. Okay. Uh, Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, by the way. 12 aces away from Taylor Sand now. You, you have tonight. You have up to two in the MPSF tournament matches. And then potentially two in the NCAA tournament. So five. You think he's going to do it? 12 and five. Man, I don't know. He's running out of road. There, there's been a lot of times where he's played teams where BYU was just you know, wipe the floor with the team, but they've got four passers now that are trying to pass this bomb from from Gabby, and he's getting some amazing serves, but the teams are getting pretty good touches. And so, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of shocked that he's still 12 away this far into the season. I mean, he had 50 what last year? 56 or 58? His freshman and junior years, he had 51 and 56 or wow. 5. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, 32 a sophomore year. He has 32 right now. Um, and remember, no January. So yeah, it's true. been a little shorter. But, yeah, he's he's on fire. So BYU right now, the one seed, that's locked in. UCLA, 13 wins. Pepperdine, 11. Then then Grand Canyon at 5. What? USC at 5. Uh, Grand Canyon swept USC last night, by the way. Concordia and Stanford. So tonight, only match in the MPSF, BYU at UCLA. Next week, there are two sets of matches. Concordia at Grand Canyon for a pair. Pepperdine at Stanford. Looks like UCLA is not going to make up that game at Stanford, which is interesting. Um, and, and that rounds out the regular season. Then the MPSF tournament. Yeah, and I, I'm not super shocked that UCLA doesn't want to reschedule that match with Pepperdine because it's really just going to hurt them. At this point, they're in a good spot. I mean, they're First is too far two away. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it, it makes sense that they wouldn't want to, but it's kind of a bummer for, yeah. for volleyball fanatics because, I mean, they're like right next to each other and yeah. it would be a fun match to watch. Okay, coming up, our Cougar conversation with Cyrus Fontalogo and later head coach Sean Olmstead as Over the Top continues on BYU Radio. Welcome back to Over the Top. I'm Jerem Jordan with Steve Vale. Some careers don't play out as planned. In the case of Cyrus Fa'alogo, a promised role player position in 2018 seemed like just the beginning. Instead, an Achilles tear last December derailed what could have been a productive senior season off the bench. Here's this week's Cougar conversation with the senior from West Jordan, Utah. All right, Cyrus, we went to the same high school, the beloved yes. Copper Hills <laughs> High School in West Jordan, Utah. Tell everyone what makes Copper Hills one of the, if not the best, High school in in these United States of America. <laughs> uh, well, honestly, there's a lot of things. I mean, it's a beautiful school, anyways. Just like the parents, it's really nice. It's kind of fancy, but um, no, just the when I was there, the administration there for all the sports. We didn't have like a set volleyball team, but my brothers played basketball there. Uh, one of my brothers played football, and just the atmosphere, like the support for all the students and the student athletes there, was really nice. So it was nice to be a part of that. And you forgot the massive grizzly at the front, right? It's literally oh, like, and- <laughs> like it's like twelve feet tall. It's super imposing. It's way better than a big a minor, right? Right, it's way better than the minor, <laughs> <laughs> especially better than the current cougars. <laughs> oh, definitely better. Listen, I love the BYU Cougars, but another, you know, no, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> you go to Copper Hills, and then you take the long road to BYU. You go to Long Beach City College, which is known as one of the best 
you know, volleyball colleges that isn't D1 or 2 per se. In yeah. California. So what was that experience like? And then how did you get to BYU? Um, so it's actually, it's kind of funny. So when I was a junior um, in high school at Copper Hills, I, um, I played club like a couple of years, me and you remember Taylor Richards? Um, he was on the team a couple of years ago here at BYU. Yes. Um, his mom, Lori, she actually started a club back then. And so I played for that. And I came to a couple of camps in high school as a setter. Um, and Rob Nielsen at the time, he really liked the way that I set. And so I actually signed. They offered me a scholarship my junior year of high school, BYU did. Um, and I signed. I committed going into my senior year of high school. But then um, I, like, wasn't the best student in high school (laughs) my grades didn't go as well so my application got denied twice actually it got denied once that year and then I graduated in May 2013 and they had me reapply again uh that summer and then October of 2013 I found out it got denied again and so um I decided to kind of just go on like uh, put volleyball and school aside for a little and just I wanted to go on a mission so I go on a mission uh 2014 I get back 2016 um, it's a brand new co- BRU coaching staff, um, but I knew Jalen because um, when I was being recruited there, he was playing at the time. Uh, so I reached out to Jalen coming home and I asked him, you know, like I, I haven't played in a couple of years, but I still would like to try to make my way to BRU. And he actually referred me to uh, John Charette at Long Beach. Um, a former and, BYU player. Yeah. Yep. And so with John playing there, um, I hit him up in 2016 and I explained to him my situation I told him you know like I I signed as a setter a couple years ago that whole thing didn't follow through um and he actually remembered me so I guess he told me he had coached me at my first BRU camp but I I didn't remember that but as soon as I called him yeah it was cool he it was really nice like he um he was really happy to hear from me and so I decided to go there uh 2016 go into 2017 and I had a really good a really good year there thanks to him like he helped me out a lot and so um and then him he actually played the same time or I guess a year or two with Sean Olmstead here at BRU and so he reached out to Sean um and it kind of just everything fell into place from there like he told Sean about me and Sean I guess Sean had heard because Sean knew my sister you know when my sister played um back mm-hmm. in the day and so it was cool it all kind of worked out after my mission and then I came here after that year so so you end up getting to BYU. What's that moment like when you finally are able to play for the Cougars and, and have some success? Uh, because it was a long journey. You talked about going to camps and then you go on a mission yeah. and you going to Long Beach City College. And then finally you're in the Smith Fieldhouse and there's like 4,000 4, fans going crazy when you spike the ball. Yeah. Um, honestly, it was it was surreal. It honestly just made the whole like process in high school. It made it all worth it when I first transferred here. And I think um, – what especially was cool, I mean, what different that I didn't expect is that I came, they actually signed me as an outside BRU did. I went to um, Long Beach as a setter to be a setter originally. And then um, John actually kind of turned me into an outside. And so to be able to come to BRU as an outside um, after that one year at Long Beach was really cool and kind of just made everything worth it, especially having my family here, you know, being able to come and watch me at the home game. So so in 2018, you end up playing, and you have some notable performances against number three UCLA. You hit 470, 11 kills, and six digs in a match. You end up having 15 kills against Concordia Irvine. Uh, you hit, yeah. uh, you know, 610 against USC in the MPSF tournament. Like, 
that that must have been surreal as well to not only play but play well in some important matches. Yeah, it was it was fun. Honestly, it, that especially that season, I know it started off um, kind of hard for me just because like I was obviously the new outside like branded to the team. There were a lot of really good outsides that year, uh, but being able to get that chance, you know, later on in the season to help um, and getting gaining that trust, you know, from Sean and Luca at the time. And Jalen, it was it was really fun. It was worth it. And I I don't know, I'm just grateful for the experience I've had so far here. Prior to the season, it's exciting. You're you're gonna you're gonna figure prominently in some way, whether it's as coming off the bench as an outside hitter or you and Zach Eschenberg yeah. in the trading time, perhaps, or even you know, backup setter, third string, you're just skilled, uh, you know, in that way. But mm-hmm. in December you tear your Achilles. So walk me back to that day that uh, unfortunately put you out for the season. Like you mentioned, this this past fall season with practice was fun because it was competitive, you know, with me, um, Ash, especially us going, you know, for that OH2 spot. Um, it was really fun. But then when this happened back in December, it honestly was hard. I um, just a normal day in practice, you know, I went up to block coming back um, and trying to just transition back to hit the ball. And I just felt the pop, you know, and I don't think it hit me at first. You know, I fell and. I have a history with cramping, so everyone thought it was a cramp. Mm. <laughs> everyone was kind of just like, oh, he's probably cramping again. But um, I, I knew it was something different. And then uh, later on that day when we, you know, meeting with Blaine afterwards and he told me that it looked like um, this was, you know, my Achilles. And he said it didn't look like a tear. It, he thought it was like a full rupture. Mm. Um, and so it was hard. Yeah, I, I, like a couple hours later, it finally hit me, you know, getting ready to go home. Yeah, I cried a lot. It was, uh, yeah, it was kind of hard. Just thinking too that this was going to be my last, honestly, my last shot or my last chance, you know, to play for the Cougars. It's, it was hard, but it's it's gotten better. You know, it's been a blessing as far as like school goes. You know, I've been able to focus a lot more, especially with graduating soon. So, I've just tried to look, uh, you know, stay positive, trying to help where I can, support the team still. So where do you sit now? Is there an opportunity for you to get a medical redshirt? Is that a thing you want to potentially come back next year? Um, so, so I've been, so uh, I don't know if last year, I actually did redshirt last year um, due to like credits and stuff. I was a short one credit last year, so I had to redshirt. And so coming into this year um, with this injury, that has been a question, you know, to medical redshirt. Um, but honestly, I, and I know that I've met a lot with Sean, you know, with, um, the head coach and I think he knows that I kind of just want to um you know find like find my life and move on I'm so grateful for my time here at BRU especially playing volleyball with Sean or for under Sean it's been a blessing and I'm glad I came here but um especially with school and stuff I'm kind of just ready to graduate and then to kind of just see what the next step would be for me in life okay thanks Cyrus appreciate it thank you thanks Jerem Cyrus Fa'alogo Okay, Steve says wow a lot during matches, so naturally it's time for... This is Steve's Moments of the Week. What's up, Steven? Well, I'll tell you, uh, both Gabby and Davide went off last night. 32 swings for the two of them, zero errors, Mm. and uh, 20 kills. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. BYU locks up the number one seed, uh, you know, following the season, going into the NPSF tournament. And then talking to Sean, how different it was down there at UCLA. Everything's on lockdown. There's nobody, I mean, literally nobody 
in the gym. Everybody has their own assigned seat. They couldn't wander. The bench couldn't get together. Really, really a different and kind of a difficult environment to play in. Clearly not affected BYU just wipes the floor with UCLA. I, I'm curious to see what's going to happen tonight, but that was a pretty good wow moment for me as well. That was Steve's <laughs> Moments of the Week. As we go to break, here's today's trivia question. How many NCAA tournaments have the fifth-year seniors on this year's BYU team been to? The answer after this timeout. Today's trivia question, how many NCAA tournaments have the fifth-year seniors on this year's BYU team been to? The answer, two. 2017 uh, went to the title game in Ohio State against the Buckeyes. 2018 went to the Final Four. Cougars were pacing for a run at a title in the NCAA tournament, of course, last year and could do it again this year. It looks like BYU probably will. So it could have been – it'll probably be three. Could have been four, which has never happened in, in with a single class. Okay, head coach Sean Olmstead now joins us in this week's Coach's Corner on the road since BYU, uh, you know, playing at UCLA to finish the regular season up here. Sean, congratulations on the win last night. What a performance against UCLA, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, I told the guys after the match in a performance like that, um, you know, not that we we as coaches ever think that, hey, we're all right, we found, we found, found the secret sauce. Here it is. This is what we're going to do to go win this match. But I told the guys after I really guys that was all you gentlemen uh they from right from the the start you know they they got after it and even had a few little setbacks you know the start of the second set I think they ripped three aces in a row at one point you know to go up 4-0 and the guys the guys just rolled uh, they had a different you know they they their their defense uh, they were touching everything they were all over the court and I I just told the guys I didn't have any words uh Props to you guys. They, I think there was something about just taking care of business uh, last night, getting that, getting that win, securing first place, kind of the regular season, however you want to look at it. And they did it. It was all them. Hitting 455, always awesome. I want to highlight uh, what Davide Gardini and Gabby Garcia Fernandez specifically did. They had 32 swings, 20 kills, zero errors, uh, 529 and 733 combined. Um, for those guys. So that, that was amazing. Wow. I mean, the efficiency of those two was unbelievable. Yeah. And, you know, we've been working a lot with, uh, with that, with Gabby, especially, and, and actually Davide, you know, just their length and their, and their, their build, you know, if we just allow those guys to go do, do work up high, you know, it's really hard for them to get themselves in trouble. They can take good swings. And I talk to these guys all the time that, you know, a lot of times as attackers, we want to kill the ball. We believe we've got to detonate. We've got to just kill the ball. But in, in volleyball, getting dug is a productive skill. It's not bad. And you get yourself in trouble when you start to accumulate the hitting errors. And so, but, but that stat line right there, I mean, uh, Jeremy, I didn't even put that together, but that's pretty ridiculous. 32 and, and zero hitting errors for, for both those guys. That's, that's uh, more than you would ever ask for, for sure. Steve, I think that you did that in a few uh, club tournaments back in the day, right? <laughs> yeah, I wish. In my mind, I probably did. But uh, actually, in reality, not so much, no. Yeah, what, and so now you have uh, 
you've locked up the one. Congratulations on that. That's a big deal, right? To uh, to lock up the one, you get a buy in the quarterfinals. You don't have to play until the semifinals on April twenty third in the MPSF tournament in Provo. So, what did that mean to the team, or or does that mean anything at all? No, I I mean, yeah. Let's not just you know throw out that hey, that doesn't matter. All this that matter. No, the guys are proud of that. The guys that that's what that's one th- one of the things they've been working towards. So there's. There's a lot to it in in that sense. Um, we're looking forward to just another opportunity. I think with, you know, the this year, the dynamics of this year and all the, you know, the unknowns and uncertainties of this year, we're looking forward to just, I, I think there's value in playing another game tonight, you know, this this afternoon. And, and so we got to, but we've got to recognize that the fact that those guys went through this season, again, with kind of the unknowns and the uncertainties, we're talking about, middle of January guys I, I I wasn't telling the guys but there was still some unknowns in terms of are we even playing you know and so so here we are and and the guys locked up that number one seed that's a that's a big deal it is indeed a big deal we're talking to Sean Olmstead here on over the top on BYU radio from Los Angeles as BYU prepares for UCLA again in men's volleyball tonight five Pacific time you can stream it on the Pac-12 network there um, what what's it like uh, you know, having such a performance last night, and then yes, you've locked up the one seed, but tonight still matters because you still want to win the MPSF tournament. You still want to get to the best seed you can, whether that be the one or the two, and get a bye to the semifinals of the uh, you know or the quarterfinals, I guess, of the uh, final four and whatnot. Um, and you still have to play tonight. So what what's that preparation like? Knowing you did something amazing last night, but you still have another match with a top six team tonight. Yeah, I mean, nothing changes. You know, the guys are literally filing in uh, there at pre- breakfast right now. And then uh, we're going to, we've got film at 9.30. Then we leave for the gym at 10.20. We've got a certain pass at 11. So we haven't changed anything in terms of our preparation and going into this match. We we haven't uh, changed anything. So we, we look at it as an opportunity for us to continue to play. And I think as it relates to not only the MPSF tournament, uh, but but beyond, uh, you've got to take take advantage of every match that you know we can play together. Um, there's a lot of value in that, and so that's how we're approaching it, 100. percent With things down there in in California with the Pac-12, things are still pretty much on lockdown in terms of you know you guys being together as a group and and spacing and all that sort of thing. Uh, how are you guys able to overcome that? Because obviously it didn't have any effect on you guys in terms of your ability your ability to play last night. You guys just absolutely were on fire. But how do you guys, when you can't really get together, I mean, your your seats are so far away, You the, the bench can't really get together and cheer. There's nobody in there, right? Like it's super quiet. How are you guys able to overcome that and play as well as you did? Yeah, guys, you know, the funny thing, it, it's a great question, and you know, the, uh, I should give credit, most of the credit last night, uh, a lot of the credit, not most, but um, the guys on the bench, I thought did a, a phenomenal job, you know, the, just how quiet it is, you know, they, they just, they were taking full advantage of that, you know, the, <laughs> the awesome. jokes, the kind, the kind of just cheering on their own teammates too, it, it was pretty classic and they kind of embraced that all right, we got to sit, we're staying six feet apart. We're staying on our chair. We're not moving. And they just, they kind of embraced that and and had a blast. And there's no doubt that the rest of the guys kind of fed off that energy. 
Well, they I could probably hear a, them, you know, too. Normally, in a, in a normal match, you can't hear that. I mean, you can hear a little bit of the bench, but you can't hear what they're saying. I'm sure last no, night no, you yeah. could hear exactly the cheers <laughs> and, the, and the trash talk or whatever. We had we had B.O., you know, uh, Oberender. Uh, he's kind of the ringleader, and he's talking about who the fifth president of the United States <laughs> is and, you know, some some uh, some, uh, you know, algebra equations. I, 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 I lost track, but. It just kind of kept a, a good mood in there, and oh, that's because funny. that 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 by far was the the uh, if quietest that's a word I think that was the quietest gym we've <laughs> been in all season, and uh, that's a big gym, Poly Pavilion. So there's a lot of you know there's a lot that um, you know just big quiet area, and they they embraced it and had a good time with it, and there was a little adjustment because that's even the timeouts were kind of strange. The guys had to sit apart. And then we could bring them in right at the end. And so we actually lost, lost track a couple of times with the timeouts. Like, oh, crap, guys, hey, come in real quick. Now get out there, you know. So uh, we'll, we'll kind of just go from there. But we're learning as we go together as a group uh, the dynamics of this, you know, kind of the new, you know, the new way of competing. Even if there was a big crowd there last night, they would have been quiet. Given the way BYU <laughs> played, right? Probably. It would have been quiet yeah. e- either way. And that might have been, you know, with a big crowd and that, at that poly that would have been a blast, but uh, you know the guys, because the guys definitely would have shut uh, shut down the noise for sure. Right. Okay, you had a fun week, right? Uh, because BYU plays Thursday, Friday last week, and then you're prepping for UCLA. But you had a little bit of a road trip, right? Yeah. No, I took my. You're talking about my family, right? Yeah. 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 We had the first weekend that we've had available, so I I took uh, took one for the team, the family team, and. After our match at USC, I drove my family to uh, to Santa Barbara, uh, dropped them off at the beach where mom and dad live. It's my kids' spring Provo break. to Santa Barbara, right? Yeah. Uh, so no, I flew. I drove. Yeah, drove them, drove them, and then I caught a flight back so I could be at practice all week with the wow. team. And then uh, my dad will be picking me up at the match. He can't come to the match. I asked for a special uh, exception, and they they denied it. Which even I with who he so. is, they still wouldn't do it. Long huh? long time, uh, no. you know, co- high school coach no. official. Yep. Yeah, that's no, so they wouldn't do it. And so my dad's just got off the phone with him. Hey, where do you want to meet? And he's going to pick me up. The team will fly back, and I I'm taking another one for uh, my family team, and I've got to drive the family back to Provo. Seven hundred so. miles back. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice trip. eleven twelve hour drive with five kids. Should be wow. a blast. Okay. So bigger challenge: UCLA tonight or the road trip? <laughs> oh, dude. I don't want to get in trouble. So yeah, I was going to say. UCLA. I know. I, I think I know which one that is. We'll answer for you. Answer. Yeah. Uh, the road trip. The road no. Trip. Yeah. 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 But uh, now the things. The things we got to do for our family, and honestly, it was it was it was cool that it worked out. And um, I'll I'll sleep uh, when I'm retired and and years down the road. So do those things for the family. They've had a blast on the beach every day, and uh, so, cool. so I'm glad it I'm glad it could work out. Well, you've been spaced apart, and they've been on the beach hanging out. So that juxtaposition is no fun either. But anyway, uh, Sean, congratulations on the win last night. Good luck uh, today again uh, against UCLA at five Pacific on uh, the Pac-12 uh, network streaming, and uh, we'll see you uh, next week for practice and then uh, MPSF tournament, baby, in Provo. Yep, we're looking forward to it. I appreciate uh, all the coverage from you guys. Love it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Always Sean. Always a pleasure. Appreciate it. Safe yeah. travels to Sean Olmstead. Fun times there. Okay, time for our 80s or 90s TV show or movie of the week. Steve, what do you have? So, you know, a uh, quick hint on it was, uh, well, how do you know she's a witch? She turned me into a newt. 
Well, I got better. Yeah, uh, Monty Python, <laughs> Holy Grail. So good. So, so good. It took me a minute to get the humor, but once uh, I locked in with that humor, Monty Python, Holy Grail is one of my all-time favorites. It's merely a flesh wound. <laughs> we are the knights of... <laughs> I love that movie. It's a so flesh funny. wound, your arms off. I had Wes. <laughs> so great. Bring out your dead. Okay, that'll that'll do it for us. We'll be back every Saturday throughout the season, unless it's General Conference Saturday, 2.30 Eastern here on BYU Radio and on demand on the BYU Radio app. For Cyrus Fatalogo, Sean Olmstead, producer Liam Howard, and Steve Vale, I'm Jerem Jordan. You've just gone over the top.